Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you will enjoy this message today. I was thinking of in 1 Corinthians 13 that, you know, in all the gifts that we see, in all the things that people do, the three things that are the most important are faith, hope and love. And of course, love is the greatest one. But I love the word hope. It's such a beautiful word. So Lord, have your way this morning. Lord, fill our hearts with your hope. We just love to sit in your presence right now and rest our souls and rest our mind. We've worshipped you and I know that we've touched your heart. Thank you, Father, that you want to bring to us a new hope today. And that what does that look like in our lives? Thank you that we can rest our souls in you. Lord, we give you our heart this morning. We lead into you and we thank you for what you are going to do and speak to my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love that word, leaning in. You know, it's kind of, let's all lean in, lean into the presence of God. I don't know whether it's the lights, but my glasses are kind of shining and I can't see your faces very well. Is it the lights? Maybe my glasses need a bit of a, a, a wipe. It's Christmas time. We've got the Christmas tree up, but you know, amongst all and bustle, and I know that sometimes we um, feel that Christmas is just a bit too much. And it's a time this morning to gather our thoughts together, to rest in the presence of God. We're here in God's presence. And just look at some of the verses in God's word that say, I want to give you a new hope today. Hallelujah. We know that Jesus came into our world and he came to give us life and he came to give us hope. I want to read from the first scripture in Romans chapter 15, verse 14. Is everyone okay? Okay, are you leaning into God's word this morning? Let's lean in. It says here, Romans chapter 15, verse 14. Okay, I'll just read what I've got here. I think that's the right one. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. God's word was written many thousands of years ago. It was written back then and today it's as significant as it was before. So it was written to teach us so that through endurance, and boy, do we need some endurance sometime, you know, just to press through life, and so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hallelujah. You see, scriptures are the word of God. It imparts to us in such encouragement. I love it when I, every morning, God calls me to our garden out the front there and I sit in my little chair and I just begin to open up my devotional and I just read one scripture and it's as though God just fills my heart with encouragement. And I love what he does, an inspiration, so that, so that we can live in hope and endure all things. In Psalm 130, I want to read, read some scriptures on hope. 
So let the word of God just touch your heart this morning. The next one is Psalm 130 verse 5. It says, I wait for the Lord. And I just want to rest on that word, wait. Quite often, you know, in our society, everything is quickly, do this, do that, give me this, give me that. And sometimes our prayer life is just simply, Lord, give me, give me, give me. Give me this, give me that, bless my kids, help me, give me me this and give me wisdom, give me this. And, you know, in all of that, God is saying, stop. I want to wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I put my hope. There's something special about waiting. We're Pentecostal church, and it's, you know, gung-ho. We declare the word of God. We believe in miracles. We um, speak um, forth the word of God in power. But there's sometimes a place where we have to just rest and wait. And that's kind of where God has brought me the last, I think, eight weeks. I've, I've, been doing, I've been doing a little course, and it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's quite a big word. But it's just really blessed me, and it's shown me the importance of being quiet before the Lord and waiting for him, waiting on him so that he can fill me and just give me what I need to face this particular day that I'm going through. So Psalm 130 says to wait for the Lord, to wait in silence and stillness. If you're a little bit like me, you know, I, I like to hear a bit of a sound. I like to get going, you know, but God has actually really been saying, Vicky, I just want you to wait and I want you to rest. I want you to rest your mind, rest your heart in my presence because I want to give you something but you're too busy to receive it you're too busy praying for your family and and that's a good thing praying for your family but there are times where God is saying Vicky I just want you to wait I want to give you things that will astonish you and I believe this is a word of God for all of us here in this room God wants to show you things God wants to give you things that will just truly amaze you because you are in his presence and you're just waiting in him. Um, Today, let's open up our hearts to receive what God wants us to have today, to hear, to understand, to love, and to implement what hope is. To wait, the word wait. We often liken it to being passive or doing nothing, you know, just twiddling our thumbs, um, you know, waiting at the dentist, um, awaiting test results if you're a student. Um, We're irritated because we have to wait, particularly in peak hour traffic. But in God, the word wait has a totally different meaning. The scriptures have much to say on waiting, especially to wait on the Lord. And that means to wait on the Lord also, it also means to hope, to anticipate, to expect, to trust. And God is calling us today to all of those things, to wait, to anticipate, to hope. In Isaiah chapter 4, this is one of my favorite very favourite scriptures, Isaiah chapter 24, verse 29, in the Amplified Version, it says, He gives power 
to the faint and the weary. And sometimes that's me, and I know sometimes that's you as well. But God give you, wants to give you power to the faint and weary, to him who has no might, who've, who've just lost their strength. They're just get given up. He increases the strength, causing it to multiply and make it abound. Even youths, young people, shall faint and be weary, and selected young men shall feebly stumble and feel exhausted. But I love this word. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God like eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or be, become tired. It's that word, but those who wait. We can all do with a bit of extra strength, I'm sure, every day, particularly during the Christmas season, like it's busy, you know, you go to the shops and there's, you get there at nine o'clock and the car park's full and there's so many people. And, and I do understand why some people don't like Christmas because of all the hustle and bustle. I was brought up in a home where we always had a Christmas tree and Christmas was a huge thing. And I guess I still love it like, like I did when I was a little girl. But because I'm a Christian, it has much more new meaning. That tree doesn't just represent twinkles and baubles and whatever, but it's, it represents a, it's a day to celebrate the goodness of God. It's, it's a day to celebrate the birth of our King. And, um, you know, when the King comes to the, to the like um, when Prince Charles was crowned King, all the pomp and ceremony, you know, there was regalia. And often I think we kind of think, ah. Oh, just over the top but you know when the king of king comes oh my gosh we'll there be shouting and cheering and clapping when he comes we'll, we're going to give him our finest celebrational spirit and this tree just simply represents the king has been born hallelujah hallelujah amen amen so we can all very quickly use lose our interior sense of God. You know, just that sense of God in our hearts. We quickly lose it because of being hustling and bustling everywhere. But my prayer today is that we will learn how to silence those exterior noises so that hear God's voice speak to me today. God spoke to me through some of those words that we sang, such beautiful, precious words. Thank you for choosing those, Luke. God speaks to us in the stillness of the night when we're quiet. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through the, the people that, that preach on a Sunday morning. God speaks to us. Let's silence those exterior noises and have that interior sense of hearing God today. Hallelujah. Now, Rick um, Warren reminded us, we've all been doing our small groups, and the last one really blessed me. He's, um, he's quite a speaker, and he, and he says some really great things. Our first priority and our very first purpose that we've been created for was to know God, all of us. God made us so that we would know him. And he delights in us. He made you perfect. He made you with 
with a treasure in his heart in mind for you. You are so special to God, delights in you. Our first purpose is to know him. And so we get to know him by slowly drowning out the outside noises and being quiet. Now, if you know me, that's pretty hard for me because I'm a bit of a noisy little girl, aren't I, Hardy? So I'm bustling around and I have a a thousand things going in in my brain, but God definitely and specifically said, Vicky, stop, slow down and be quiet. I was going to use that other word, but I can't say it in church. You know, S-H-U-T, up, U-P, shut up. Be quiet, he's saying. Be quiet, Vicky, and slow down. So that's where I'm at over the last eight weeks, slowing down and learning how important it is to be quiet and to wait on the Lord. Um, there's In Ecclesiastes, and it's, I didn't give that to you, Tia, so it's okay. There's a time to be speaking. And there's a time to be silent. So at the moment, God's saying, Vicky, I want you to be quiet and just listen and listen to all the things that pour into your heart. Um, in Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. We quickly say that sometimes, but he says, Be still so that you can know that I am your God. I love you. I have purpose for you. I've got plans for you, but be still so you can hear what they are. In the Passion Translation, it says, there's a private, quiet place reserved for all the lovers of God where they sit near him to receive the revelation secrets of his promises. I just say, wow, for us to receive from God, there's a private, quiet place reserved for us in stillness and in quietness. Do we receive the treasures or the instructions from the wonderful word of God? In Psalm 62, 5, it says, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. Sometimes we think rest is just watching TV, it's knitting or, you know, watching sport or, you know, you name it. We find we can sit down and just watch TV maybe and there's a, there is a certain physical rest but it's not a spiritual rest. God is saying to us and to, for us, our souls, find rest Oh, my soul. The soul represents our emotions. Our emotions can be everywhere, which way and whatever, depending on the circumstances. God is saying your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will, rest. Rest them and receive from me. It says, find rest, oh, my soul. My hope comes from him. Psalm 147, 11 says, the Lord delights. And I had this little vision of God just chuckling over you, just saying, that's my boy. That's my girl. And and he's he's smiling, not laughing at you, but just laughing to, to see his creation, the way that he has made you. And he delights in you. The Lord delights in those who fear him. And for those of you that don't know what the word fear means, the word fear means for those that reverence me, those that are in awe of me. That's what that word fear means. Who put their hope 
in his unfailing love. In Romans 12, 12, it says, be joyful in hope. That's all I had because then it says patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, but today be joyful in hope. Hebrews 6, 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And like an anchor that holds a, a ship safely in a position, so our hope in Christ holds us safe in him. What is hope? Okay, let me just tell you what it is in case you kind of thought it was a wishy-washy word. It's a very powerful word. It's a joyful, confident expectation of future good to hold on to. It's looking forward to something. This expectation remains strong regardless of the situations that we face. No matter what we go through, we've got this anchor, this hope, and it keeps us safe and secure. Our hope in God is us safe. Hope looks beyond the circumstances, resting on the knowledge of God and his character. God's character is amazing. He is good. He is faithful. He is kind. The word speaks about his unfailing love for you and for me. His unfailing love. Hallelujah. When we truly hope in the Lord, you know, there's a little joy in our hearts and it kind of hits our face and there's a confidence in him. There's a joy on our countenance and a joy in our heart. It's a confident assurance that as bleak as circumstances may appear, appear and let's face it, we all have them. We all have those situations where it's like, this is really difficult. This is really hard. As bleak as they may appear, hope says it's not over yet. God wants to do good today. I'm expecting the goodness of God today. And you know, saying that aloud is really good. I'm going to say it again. I'm expecting the goodness of God today. Can you say that? Say it with me. I'm expecting the goodness of God today. That's God's heart for you. He wants to do good for you. Hallelujah. It's not over yet. This, is the, this Christmas season is the season of hopeful expectation in God, our Saviour. He came to give us hope. Getting hope isn't just thinking about it or reading about it. It's God's invitation to find hope. It's the waiting, to be still, to hear, to find a rest in God, the God of all hope. It's by intentionally rearranging our days to adopt the old Christian habit that the monks did many centuries ago, being still before the Lord. And I want to just highlight that and let you know how important that is in our busy life, if we don't find that time to be still, we can't manage. We can't find that hope because we're too busy. God is saying to us today, I want you to be still. I want to bring hope to your heart, but you need to be still and silent to come to him, to pay attention to him in silence. You know, it's just such a precious moment where we can sit at the Lord's feet, whatever figurative that looks like for you, I sit in a chair because I can't sit on the floor anymore. I can't get up as easy as I used to. And it's not a good sight. 
but I have a chair that I am outside in the garden and I love I love being outside. I'll, I'll just tell you a funny little story. I have these three magpies that come. Um, so this was funny. The other day I was sitting outside with my Bible and just being quiet and these little squawky magpies would come and sit at my feet and they're calling me their warble and I'm thinking, oh, they've, they've disrupted my peace. <laughs> but it was funny because it made me laugh and I think God's saying, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to be religious and sit there for a few minutes and, and, and not be um, interrupted. That was a beautiful interruption of God's creatures coming to say, I'm hungry, feed me. And their warble is, I feel so blessed that we've got little magpies coming to our house. Really, I do. Don't we, Hardy? It's just lovely. It's just, just lovely. Anyway, anyway, going back, to, going back to being quiet and in a posture of attentiveness to the Spirit of God in surrender, we actually allow him to speak to us. I choose to give him my stillness and my silence, to let go of all my agendas and just be resting in the Lord. Like Rick Warren said, slow down and be quiet. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. What? Me? Pause? Haven't got time. I'm too busy. I'm, from morning till night, I'm working my little butt off. It's go, go, go. I'm exhausted and I'm frazzled by the time I get into bed. Is that you? It might be. God is saying a word to you. I want you to rest. I don't want you to be like, I don't want you to live your life like that. I have plans for you, but you need to be able to hear what I've got to say to you. Stop. It's actually called, it can be called to practice the pause. Press the pause button. Being still in God's presence is where something happens in our hearts. Transformation happens. Hallelujah. And this is what God's been teaching me, to slow down in my brain, to go to a quiet place, close my eyes, relax. And it's, this book that I've been reading, it's, it's called Practicing Breath prayers and I have heard of them but knowing my little personality I actually found them quite hard so I had to stick at it until I'm finding it easier as I go along but breath prayer is simply this you ex you inhale slowly and you exhale slowly you inhale and say holy spirit come you exhale fear you exhale unforgiveness. You exhale anything that not is of that isn't of God. You know, being anxious and being worried, um, having lack. You know, worried about your kids. But as you breathe in the Holy Spirit, say, inhale and exhale. It's a time that what happens to your body, you begin to s settle down, and you begin to be able to hear the Spirit of God speak deep into your heart. Hallelujah. Okay, so why do I do this? It slows me down. It helps me to remember that God is my source, my centre and the goal of my life. It's where I wait on the Lord. You know, we're all bent a certain way. And that's my little favourite saying, but... And Hardy and I, we laugh at each other. Cause, but then I say, but some of us are bent 
you know, a bit more than others and we kind of look at each other and we have a little chuckle. You know, we're all bent a certain way. We all have our little funny little ways. But you know what? God wants to unbend those funny little ways. We learn to live with them. And the older we get, we sometimes when I talk, one of my family will say, oh, you just sounded like your dad. And I don't like that. I don't like to sound like my dad because my dad sometimes didn't talk very nice. Or you, you, you sound like, and I won't say, someone from my family, one of my siblings, and I don't like it when they say that. But I realise that there are some habits that we've learnt from our, from our family. And often we have to go back and to hear ourselves and say, Lord, I don't want to be like that because that's not kind, that's not gracious, that's not the spirit of God talking through me. It's what I've learned as a young person. And see, I recognize that when I'm quiet before the Lord. And he's able to, little by little, unbend me. So if you think I've still got a lot, long way to go, I have. And know, that, know this. If you see those funny little ways in me, just be patient and pray for me. <laughs> because God is at work. I recognize he's at work. Amen, Hardy. <laughs> and I pray that you too will see your funny little ways and how they are irritating to those in your family. Allow God to unbend you. Allow God to take you back maybe to your past and think, I learned that terrible habit from my parents, and I, but I can, un, I can see that I need to be healed of that and to learn how to unbend by the power of God as, I, as I'm quiet and put my hope and my trust in the Lord. Amen. He's the God that gives us hope. Um, Brother Lawrence was, an, was a very famous monk centuries ago. He was a, a precious monk. And he wrote, or maybe not centuries ago, I'm not sure when, but he, he wrote this book called Practicing the Presence of God. But let me tell you a little bit about Brother Lawrence. He was a very famous but humble monk and was very well known to the to the community that he lived in. He was the most approachable, cheerful, kind, generous, positive, servant-hearted monk ever in that community. All the monks loved to be around him. He just oozed Jesus. He was just full of the Spirit of God. He was known to be in a very humble and but close relationship with Jesus, with God, throughout the day. And even when he was assigned the most difficult of tasks and menial tasks, he did them cheerfully. Like, who does that? But he did. He walked in the presence of God throughout the day when he was walking. And I'm thinking, how can you do that when you're at work? But you know, when, when you're busy at work and there's a little lull, you can just think about the goodness of God. You can just give God that few little minutes where there's a lull and just tell him that you love him and that you need him. It's being aware of his presence when you're working, when you're jogging, when you're driving your car, when you're doing the gardening, when you're watching a sunset. It's being aware of God and that's what it means to practice his presence in your life. Okay, so I'll just go back to... Um, to um, Brother Lawrence, he worked as unto the Lord, like whatever he did. And they had to work hard. They had to plant vegetables and dig holes and 
cook and clean and they had to do all that. They didn't have cleaners or cooks. They all had to do that in the monastery. But what he did was he worked, whatever he did, he did it as unto the Lord, peeling carrots, potatoes, scrubbing floors, cleaning toilets. He actually had a heart that, Lord, this is what I'm doing and I'm going to do it with a good attitude as unto the Lord. And he practised the pause. He paused throughout the day and acknowledged God. When, when he first went in the mornings, there's a little bang, ding, and they all have to get up. And at some unearthly hour, they have to get up and quickly go to a place where they pray. Um, but it's in quietness. But it was a joy to him to get up in the morning and just be quiet before the Lord. And what I've been doing, I've been doing that like when I get wake up. Sometimes it's five o'clock. Do you know the sun's up at five? earlier (laughs) and that's my little bing and I get up and I've got this little devotional that I read I just read a little portion of that and then the next two minutes that's all I'm quiet this book says start with two minutes I tell you that two minutes seems like 10 minutes it just seems like forever because I'm looking at my clock but I've got my little I've got on my phone it, it does a little and that I do two minutes of just silent contemplation. But you know what? In that two minutes, my mind is like a bucket of worms. I'm thinking of breakfast. I'm thinking of when Hardy getting up. I'm thinking my brain's just working. And so the key to that is just to say one word like the word Jesus or Father or Saviour. Just say that one word, Jesus, and brings you back to focus, Jesus. And then little by little, your brain begins to unwind and it's not agitated. What would it look like if I practiced the pause for 24 hours? Really practice the pause. So pause throughout the day just for a second or two to think about God and thank him for the day. Thank him that I can scrub potatoes and peel carrots. Thank him that I can clean the showers and vacuum the carpets. Thank him for whatever you're doing. But in those moments, practice silence in contemplation of the Lord. God's presence was Brother Lawrence's gift all day. He practiced the pause. We live in an overwhelmed world, but we don't have to have an overwhelmed soul that lacks hope. We can live in this world with hope. And the Lord said, I give you hope. We've read those beautiful scriptures about hope and what that looks like. Hope is only as strong as its source, and the source is God. And God says, come away with me. Sit in silence and let me nourish you and fill you. Hallelujah. Tell yourself, just do it. Self, stop thinking about mushrooms and potatoes and spaghetti and cleaning, which will happen, but center your your body in a position where you can rest And just sit in silence before the Lord and just say, Jesus, for two minutes. It will change your life. And I believe it's changing mine. Hallelujah. His presence is my gift. His presence is your gift today and every day. And then I am the gift of his presence to those around me. 
because God changes me. I am that gift of God's presence to my family, to Hardy, to my beautiful girls, their hubbies and all the grandchildren. I am the gift of God's presence to them and I want to be a good gift to them. Not a, not a grandma or a nanny that's always scolding and, you know, you know bidding, getting cross and irritated by our children. Like, I just love little Harper running around today. I want this church filled with little kids like that. I know they can be little, you know, little, what's the word? Annoying. But, you know, this is a little child of God. And if he's in your way, just smile at him and love him. Don't just say, get out. Where's the mother of this child? <laughs> you know, Lord, fill this place with families and with children because we practice God's presence. We're, God's, we're a gift to them. They sense, that's why Harper loves coming to church. He feels something here that he doesn't feel, you know, at home. But he feels the presence of, he does feel the presence of God. I don't mean it like that. But, you know, there's something about gathering together as God's people in church. There's something special that happens. And kids sense that. We want to welcome them into our midst. Amen? Yes. So God is calling us to be filled with hope by waiting in his presence. And I want to challenge us all this morning. I believe that you'll be astonished at what God will do when you practice the pause and wait in his presence. You will feel that hope being renewed. And I want to pray this scripture over you in closing. It's in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now, may God, I just want you to really open up your heart now because this is a prayer that I'm praying over you. And God is praying those words over you through me. Now, may God the inspiration and the fountain of hope fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you for your word today. First of all, to me, Lord, I, I I'm, I'm hearing that ding every morning. I'm hearing you calling me. And I thank you that I have the opportunity to go outside somewhere and just sit in your presence where you fill me, where you do something in my life because I'm quiet and I'm thinking about you, and I'm silent, and I'm hopeful, I'm, I'm anticipating good. I'm receiving from you, Lord, hope renewed in my soul, and in my heart, and in my life, and in, in my body as well. It affects my body. I feel better and well. Thank you, Lord, that you want to do that for all of us, and I believe God is calling you to a deeper level, all of us today to hear his voice saying, come and sit with me a little bit. Stop the world around you. Stop the noisy around you so that your heart is still and able to receive what I want to give you today. I want to fill your heart with hope for this day today and every day. I want to draw you and fill you and love you so that you sense 
the Holy Spirit nurturing you and touching your mind and your body and your heart in a new way where you could rise from that place and be the gift of God's presence to those around you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. And thank you that you speak to us, Lord, and you touch our hearts. Help us to rise up to the challenge and to practice the pause, to press this pause button and to sit with you. Lord, draw us to a place where it's beautiful and quiet. But if it's not quiet, we can do this on the trains, driving our car to work, practicing the pause and thinking about God and his goodness and let that fill you and nourish you. And you know, the Bible says when we are weak, we can become strong because God is the centre of our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, everyone. So I challenge you all this week to practice the pause, to practice waiting and sitting somewhere You can lie on the ground, you can go to your study, wherever it's quiet. But you know, like I just said, you can actually do this if you're you're a working person and you're going to, you can do this on the train. You can sit there amongst all those people around you and just practice the pause. But the best is to be in your garden amongst God's creation, amongst the magpies, amongst the trees, and let God's Holy Spirit touch you and astonish you and fill you so that you can live your life with such renewed hope. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. To know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.